All right, everybody. Welcome to the January 11th, 2017 edition of the V Brown Bag. Uh, this week, we have Ahmad Yunus uh, presenting about uh, kind of the second part in our, our vSphere 6.5 series. Uh, Going to talk about the vCenter server appliance. Ahmad, if you would advance the slide, please. There we go. Just a couple quick housekeeping items that we do every week. Uh, you can see all of the, uh, the Twitter handles that we cover uh, between uh, V Brown Bag here in the States uh, and then uh, Latin America and then across the pond in EMEA. Uh, and then you can also see the schedule. Uh, I think over in EMEA, uh, they're doing a, a VCAP. Uh, DC, uh, VCAP 6 series right now, so be sure to check that out. Um, but without further ado, I'll hand it over to Ahmad, and he can introduce himself uh, and get this moving. All right. Thanks, Adam. All right. As Adam said, uh, we're going to be kind of covering the second uh, side to the vCenter server appliance 6.5. Adam had talked about uh, a bunch of the new features last week, and I'm going to uh, cover some more this week. Uh, just a quick introduction. Um, my name is Ahmad Yunus. I'm a senior technical marketing engineer here at uh, VMware. Uh, you can uh, find me at Twitter at Ahmad underscore Yunus. I blog at AhmadYunus.com. Um, my role here is I cover the vCenter server uh, appliance and vCenter server migrations, so how to get from a Windows vCenter server uh, to the appliance. So one of the questions we get typically is, you know, why should I, why should I migrate, right? I mean, if, if you're looking at this, you're like, hey, Windows supports the same number of hosts, appliance supports the same number of hosts, etc. cetera. Uh, so what really is the compelling reason for me to, to migrate? Um, we're going to cover those uh, as we go along. First, we have uh, operational benefits uh, of going to the appliance. If, you, if you've ever deployed an appliance uh, as well as a, a Windows vCenter server, uh, I'm sure the first one resonates uh, quick provisioning. The vCenter server appliance, I mean, you just deploy OVA, put in the you know, FQDN, uh, the host, things like that, the target host, and boom, you're up and running. Uh, Windows, you actually have to install an operating system. You actually have to install the database. You actually have to install the application, which is vCenter. The appliance is all pre-ready for you with everything. Uh, once you, once it's deployed, it's ready to go. Uh, the appliance requires no operating system or database licensing. So from a cost perspective, you are, you are getting your... Um, your money back there. Windows, again, requires an operating system uh, license, a database license, whether it's SQL or Oracle. When it comes to the uh, appliance, we use uh, vPostgres as the database. And really, that database is tuned for the vCenter server application. So there's no, no tuning required out of the box. Uh, you actually don't even need a DBA. It's meant to just deploy and go. Whereas with Windows, again, I, I need SQL, I need Oracle, I, I need a DBA uh, or some s sort of individual with those specialties. Uh, there may not be a DBA in your group. You may just have another admin who just kind of takes on that role. 
but nevertheless, you need somebody who can tweak it and tune it and back it up and, and things like that, um, which is, again, not a requirement for the appliance. Unified patching. With Windows, you actually have to patch the operating system. You have to, have to patch the database. You have to patch vCenter. And in some organizations, that may actually be different teams. So getting all that done may be a, uh, a big effort uh, when it comes to change control and, and, and timelines. With the appliance, it's just right within uh, the VAMI. You go in, you do the patching, and we'll patch you know, uh, the Photon OS now for uh, the appliance in 6.5. We'll patch vCenter. We'll patch the database. Everything is done all at once. And last but not least, uh, with the appliance, you have a single point of support. Uh, we own the stack now when it comes to the operating system, Photon OS. We have vPostgres, and we have the vCenter server application. So if anything happens, you just contact VMware support, and they will uh, take care of your case. Uh, in regards to Windows, you would have to either contact VMware for the application, you would have to contact Microsoft for the operating system and or database in the case of SQL or Oracle if you've gone that route. So as you can see, there's a lot of benefits to going to the appliance. From a feature perspective, there's even more benefits uh, in 6.5. Uh, Adam last week talked about uh, native high availability, so VCHA. Uh, that's only for the appliance. Uh, VUM is now also part of the appliance, so it's equal to its winter Windows counterpart. Uh, we now have out-of-the-box management uh, within the VAMI, as Adam showed uh, last week. So we, we, we can provide uh, the utilization when it comes to memory, network, uh, CPU. Uh, we also give you visibility into the vPostgres database. So we can now manage the appliance, more visibility, and uh, it's only going to get better. Uh, native uh, file-based backup and restore is uh, only for the appliance and new in 6.5. You'll be able to back up your VCSA uh, to a target uh, that supports uh, FTP, FTPS, HTTP, or HTTPS, or SCP. Uh, in case of a disaster, you'll just mount the original ISO that you used to deploy the VCSA, and you'll go through the restore option. And last but not least, we actually give you a path to go from a Windows vCenter server 5.5 uh, or 6.0 to the appliance. Again, just to kind of drive the emphasis uh, home, all these features are specifically for the appliance and not on Windows. Let's jump in and talk about migration. So typically, when we wanted to go from a Windows vCenter to an appliance, we, we decided to do it the manual way. We'd spin up a new appliance alongside our Windows vCenter, and we would start to move. Uh, if we had VDS, we'd move everything to VSS. And then once everything is moved, then we would swing the hosts over. And that just took a lot of time, a lot of effort, and since it's manual, it's error prone, right? We're humans, we make mistakes. So it, it, can, it can take, um, can take a, a large effort, but at the same time, it, it gave us some control um, getting there. 
Next we had scripted. While scripted was or is a, a better option than a manual approach, you also had to have somebody within your organization that could do this. Otherwise, it, it was a learning curve. And then you would also have to learn, while this is doable, uh, things like if you had you know, uh, DRS rules, you'd have to kind of figure out a way to get those in place uh, during the process. So while better than manual uh, will take some effort in regards to making sure that you get everything right, um, and, and error messages and uh, at the same time making sure that you had somebody in-house that could uh, do this. We also have the fling. If you guys remember the fling um, which uh, was out there was the first attempt at a migration. Uh, it had a subset of features to get it out there pretty quick and get uh, customer feedback which, which it did. Um, but now, because of the feedback, we actually have two end-to-end -end, uh, migration tools that will get you from a Windows vCenter server to an appliance. The first one we released was right after VMworld US, which is vSphere 6.0 update U2M. The next one we have is vSphere 6.5, which is a built-in migration tool as, as well. We'll cover U2M really quick. Um, so U2M supports migrating from a Windows vCenter server 5.5 to 6.0 U2. It supports uh, you know, migrations for embedded and external uh, deployments. We do not allow you to change your deployment topology during the migration. So for example, if you have your SSO component and your vCenter component all on one VM, you'll come across that's embedded, or I guess in 5.5 that was simple. So from simple, you'll go to um, embedded. If you are uh, custom, where you have your components on different uh, VMs, you'll come across as external. But again, we will not allow you to change the policy, uh, topologies. One thing I want to note is in vCenter, 5.5, if you have islands of SSO domains, this is your time to consolidate. Because once you migrate that first box, you are now locked into that version. So if you have you know, three islands of vSphere.local and you just want one vSphere.local, then I highly recommend consolidating first and then migrating. Otherwise, you're locked in. Uh, there's no way to do it once uh, in, in 6.0 or 6.5. Uh, the other thing the migration tool takes care of is we assume the identity of the source Windows vCenter. And this is huge. Uh, again, in manual types of migrations, we deployed a new vCenter, meant a new name, new IP, new UUID, etc. Here we retain that information. So FQDN, IP address, uh, UUID, certificates, uh, MoRFID, uh, OS name, uh, et cetera, that, that's all uh, brought over. So any solution that uses vCenter as an endpoint, as far as it's concerned, it's the same old vCenter server. Um, the other good thing is we do not touch the source Windows vCenter server. Uh, no changes are made, nothing. Once, once we extract, uh, we copy the data 
that's that's actually the proper word. It's it's copy the data over. Um, we shut down the Windows vCenter server to avoid any uh, IP or, or name conflict. Um, but it's there. In case you run into any issues, we have a really easy rollback plan. You'll just shut down the appliance, delete it from inventory, power on the Windows vCenter server, and then you'll rejoin it back to the domain. And the reason being is part of the migration, we have to update the Active Directory object with the appliance uh, information password. So uh, in, in case you have to revert back, you just need to rejoin your Windows vCenter to the domain and you're back and running. So you have a quick uh, rollback plan right there. We support any uh, database that's supported in uh, vCenter Server 5.5. Uh, so SQL, SQL Express, Oracle, all supported. Um, we also run a migration assistant, which goes out and does pre-checks prior um, to starting the migration process. And last but not least, we provide uh, an option to bring over your historical and performance data in 60U2M. It's just simple as checking a box. Now, one question that comes up a lot is I want to, I mean, this, this tool is great, but one thing I want to do is I want a clean, fresh migration. Uh, it doesn't seem like the migration tool will do that. Um, actually, the migration tool will do that. What you need to do is not select bringing over your performance and historical data. If you think about it, it's, it's doing it for you just like a, a manual migration would. We're deploying a, a fresh appliance for you with the tool. You're going to do that manually anyway. You have to do all the heavy lifting to swing your configuration and your inventory over. The migration tool does all the heavy lifting for you. By the way, as part of the configuration and inventory, we do bring over your distributed switches if you're using them. So there's nothing extra that needs to be done there. Um, and since we do that, as part of a manual migration too, since you're starting fresh, there's no historical and performance data. Here, just uncheck the box, don't check it, whatever. Uh, and you also have a fresh migrated um, vCenter server as well. Going on to the migration tool in 6.5, um, one of the key differences is we support a Windows vCenter Server 5.5 or 6.0 to 6.5. So if you're on a Windows vCenter Server that's 6.0, this is your path to get to the appliance. Uh, also, what's great about this release is since the um, since FUM uh, is part of the appliance, we will migrate that from uh, whether it's embedded or external into the appliance as well. So no longer needing a separate box for VUM, which is a, a key differentiator between uh, using the migration tool um, in 6.0 uh, versus 6.5. Um, I'm sorry. Is that you or me, Adam? I think that's you. Uh, sorry. I have no clue what's... I guess it went away. Sorry about that. 
Can you see my screen? Yeah, just your deck. Nope, we lost it. Did you? Uh, back. Uh, presenter view. Oh. We're seeing all the secret stuff. There's no secret stuff. It's all in my head. It's disappointing. There we go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's no notes. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry about that. Um, again, we support migrations for embedded and external. Same caveats. If you're embedded, you'll come over as embedded. If you're external, you'll come over as external. Um, if you are embedded and you want to externalize, um, and there's not the caveat of consolidating domains or anything like that, or if you do need to consolidate domains, uh, do those first, then migrate, and then you can actually repoint, um, you can repoint from an embedded to an external deployment uh, once you get there. Again, we're preserving the identity of vCenter, so we're keeping UUID, IP, all that stuff. And in this version, we actually support um, the, any database that's supported in Windows vCenter Server 5.5 or 6.0 will be migrated to a vPostgres uh, embedded database in 6.5. Uh, Migration Assistant, again, runs first. Here we actually have in this release uh, more granular options. By default, both migration tools will bring over your configuration and inventory data, but here we provide you a little bit more granularity in which uh, performance data you want to bring over. How are we doing on questions? Uh, we're clear so far. We've had a couple uh, ones come in um, that I've addressed, but uh, you might want to talk about uh, VUM real quick uh, and what uh, what some of the implications of, of that are. Sure. Um, so with, with VUM, if VUM is embedded, uh, when you run the migration process, it's just going to come over. If VUM is an external box, uh, what you're going to wind up having to do is you'll have to, uh, if this is a migration process, you'll have to run the migration assistant uh, on VUM as well, so that way it will be migrated uh, as part of the migration process. If you're already on the appliance, let's say you're on 6.0, and VUM again is running Windows, what you're going to have to do is you'll have to run the migration assistant only on that Windows VUM box, and as part of the upgrade, uh, it will realize, oh, there's an external VUM, and it will bring it over as part of the upgrade to uh, an appliance in 6.5. But again, keep in mind, all this is only for 6.5. And underlined are the key differentiators between uh, using U2M or using 6.5, which are, are pretty significant. So one, one thing I just want to kind of, again, touch base on, because we, we get this question a lot, um, is the topology. 
So here we have a external deployment that has a single sign-on 5.5 running on its own virtual machine, and then we have a vCenter server running on its own virtual machine. So this is a custom deployment. So this is what we have before we migrate. Now, if once we do the migration in 6.5, again, as you can see, we go from external to external. And the same thing uh, for embedded. We do not change uh, topologies. So to emphasize again, if you by chance are embedded and you have a reason to go external, meaning you want enhanced link mode in, in your environment, then by all means migrate the embedded deployment, which is a lot easier, and then deploy a new platform services controller, and then use CM SSO util to repoint uh, and then do a reconfigure. So that way, once you repoint from the embedded SSO to the external uh, PSC, or I'm sorry, the embedded PSC to the external PSC, then it will reconfigure that vCenter server and remove that embedded PSC becoming a standalone vCenter server um, and, and everything is cleaned up after the fact. Another key piece is keep in mind while we are doing a migration, we are migrating the data from a Windows vCenter server to an appliance. This is also an upgrade. We're going from version 5.5 or 6.0 to 6.5. So the standard upgrade rules apply. Uh, first, you know, make sure that all the products, whether they're VMware or third-party products, uh, have interoperability with the version you're going to. So make sure that everything is, is compatible with 6.5. Uh, and then uh, the first thing you're going to do in case of an external is you'll start with migrating all your platforms, uh, your SSO first to platform services controller in 5.5, or in 6.0, you'll migrate all your platform services controller uh, to appliance-based. Once those are done, all within your vSphere domain, then you'll go back and do your vCenter servers. Uh, but that's those are the, the rules. Uh, I can't stress enough that, again, while it's a migration, we are also doing an upgrade, so make sure that you've, uh, you have a plan of attack in place. So a few uh, tips and tricks that I just want to cover and make sure that uh, you guys are aware of. Uh, again, make sure that you check the compatibility matrix as you would in any kind of upgrade. Uh, not only you know not only from uh, a VMware perspective, but also if you're using any kind of backup solution or or anything um, storage solution that has some sort of plugin that uses vCenter as an endpoint, uh, make sure that you've uh, checked the vendor site as well to make sure that it supports uh, 6.5. Also, know your topology. Uh, I know when I was a customer. I, you know, especially when a new version would come out, I, I inherited an environment. Uh, this is your time to kind of uh, plan out, put your, your stamp on it, but at the same time, uh, fix anything that, uh, that was broken. So make sure that you have a pretty good idea of what's going on in your environment. 
Uh, the migration assistant will actually, when, when it goes through, it will show you what kind of deployment model you have, whether you're embedded or external. So that, that could also uh, help you there. Um, also, make sure you understand what's installed on your Windows vCenter server because we do shut down once we've uh, copied the data over. So the last thing you want to do is uh, forget something on there and then it's like, oh, well, I need to power it on, but now I have all my users using uh, the appliance. So just uh, a little tidbit is make sure that you have some sort of local account that you can, uh, you can put on there. If, uh, if that does happen and you need to log back in, but you also uh, want to disable the NICs on that. Uh, so just uh, you know, right-click, edit the VM, and uh, uncheck the box uh, for connectivity on the NIC. So that way, if somebody does accidentally power it on, uh, it won't uh, cause any disruption. But it also gives you the ability to log in after the fact and collect whatever you need to collect. Um, uh, in that manner, but again, hopefully you've done that ahead of time. Uh, display name retention. So part of the migration is we do keep the operating system name, but we do provide a option to have a new display name or inventory name as part of the migration process. If for some reason you want to keep the same Windows vCenter display name, uh, you have two, two ways of doing this. The first way is to go in to your current Windows vCenter display name, uh, right-click and do a rename, maybe put like dash old or, or something there. Uh, and then as you're starting the migration process, you can use the same display name. Or you can go through, give it a new display name, and then once you're done with the migration, do the same thing. Basically go back to your old one, rename it, and then now you can rename your new one. Either one works, but it's it's a way to at least uh, keep your display name. But as far as the OS name, there's no way to change it. It's tied to the FQDN. Uh, validate DNS uh, forward and reverse lookup. Uh, the appliance does checks, and uh, we've actually seen a lot of customers have some issues because they didn't have, let's say, reverse lookup or, or something in place. So make sure you have forward and reverse uh, lookups in place. Uh, NTP is another uh, sometimes uh, issue, so make sure that uh, time sync and uh, all that uh, is working correctly within your environment. Uh, make sure that uh, all the plugins you have are, are working prior. Uh, in the case of, uh, of course, VMware plugins, we will migrate this over um, with, you know, with no issues as far as the registration, even third-party plugins. But uh, with third-party plugins, you may have to re-register. Um, also, again, with, with this stuff, you will have to make sure that uh, whatever version you're going to, which is 6.5, uh, is compatible with, with those plugins. If you are, we do support using uh, DHCP. Uh, the, the only caveat there is uh, make sure that you uh, do a reservation for the, the FQDN uh, as, as part of that. Uh, link mode. Again, this is not only a migration, but an upgrade. So one of the things you want to make sure you do so you don't run into any kind of licensing issues um, 
or whatnot during the migration is you need to break link mode and then you can start the migration process. Uh, database rollup jobs and purging. Um, as part of the, the migration, if you have like a large inventory or if you've one of those folks who've been upgrading uh, over the years from version you know, 2x, 3x, 4x, etc., um, you know, that database has seen, uh, has seen uh, some days. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, in order for you to have a, um, a quicker migration process, I recommend, you know, maybe running, making sure that the roll-up job has been running. If it hasn't, uh, definitely um, make sure you run that. And if there's some data in there that you no longer need, um, you can purge, but highly recommend having somebody with uh, DBA skills there. Uh, last thing you want to do is uh, is completely wipe your, your VC database. Uh, last but not least, uh, you are going from a Windows vCenter to an appliance. Um, even though we, we, we support image level backups, you may have some sort of uh, backup solution running in an agent or, or something like that. And that goes to, you know, number three, knowing what's installed on your Windows vCenter. So now you'll have to go from that backup solution to a solution that supports uh, VADP uh, image level only backups. Uh, you cannot install, we do not support the installation of uh, agents on the, the appliance. How are we doing on questions? We're clear right now. Hello, is this thing working? Um, all right, so we've covered migration. I want to kind of, before I, I show the demo, I want to go into um, the native backup and restore. Today we, in 6.5, we support uh, the backup and restoration of a vCenter server appliance or a PSC appliance. And that includes both external or embedded deployments. Uh, one thing I want to point out here is, especially with, with the PSC, let's say you have, uh, you know, four in your environment within your SSO domain. Uh, it's multi-mastered. So if one fails, you, you don't need to restore from backup. You actually just can redeploy a new one and let, uh, let its replication partners uh, feed it uh, it's uh, required information. Now, if all the PSCs within an SSO domain fail, then you would need to do a, uh, a full restore and then deploy the others so that way they can start uh, the replication process be between them. Uh, this backup solution is, uh, is hot, right? So you can do it at any time, in the middle of the day, uh, whenever. You don't have to shut down the appliance to do it, uh, so no QSing required. Uh, you do this directly from the, the VEMI, uh, just using the IP address or FQDN of uh, vCenter server or uh, the PSC if external. You'll just go to uh, VEMI, hit backup, and you'll go through the appliance backup uh, wizard. Uh, for for this release, we support HTTP, HTTPS, SDP, and FTP, FTPS. Um, we're, we're working on some, some things for, for the future release, but uh, this is what we support uh, today. 
uh, by default, we back up your inventory and we back up your configuration, uh, but we uh, we do not uh, we do not back up your historical and performance data by default. That's that's up to you. Now, keep in mind, if if you do uh, want to back up your historical and performance data, that will increase your your backup time. Kind of the same with migration, right? If you select I want to migrate my historical and performance data, you'll increase your your migration time as well. Uh, we do offer an option to encrypt your your backup files using AES-256. Um, it's as simple as just checking a box. Uh, I want to encrypt this. Uh, you'll provide a password, and when you provide uh, the password, keep in mind this password is not stored anywhere. I repeat, it is not stored anywhere. So if you lose said password, uh, yeah, you can't restore that backup. That backup pretty much is is worthless. So uh, make sure that uh, if you do use it, uh, you keep that in a safe place. Hey, Ahmad. Uh, yes, sir. Question came in that I'll lob over to you. Um, where are the backups stored, and is this an embedded VDP just for vCenter? Uh, so it's it's not VDP. This is a new uh, new uh, backup and and restore functionality native, just only to the appliance. And as far as you mean, where are the backup files stored? Yeah. Yeah. So where the backup do, files. Are, yeah. So they go to whatever protocol you select. So if you decide that hey, I want to store these on FTP then you'll have a directory within that FTP server or HTTP server or SCP server, whatever, and you'll have uh, a subset of files that are streamed to that location. Um, now keep in mind, the, the, every time you do a backup, it's pretty much a, a full backup um, because we'll, we'll add, um, We'll add different. We'll add files again and again. So you you want to make sure that whatever directory structure you have there is the one that uh, that's easy to uh, to to follow. Um, another thing to good. I would say um, one other comment that Dan made that I think it's important for the audience. Uh, NFS is not currently an option. Is that something that? could be on the horizon for a future version? Uh, so since we can't talk roadmap, uh, all I can say is other uh, targets are being looked at. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Cool. Uh, a few other questions if you want to take a minute to. Sure, go sure. Through. All right. Uh, can a PSC on a multi-PSC SSO domain still be restored from backup? Uh, or is it just easier to redeploy? I think you kind of addressed this earlier, but may want to review that. Yeah, sure. So again, if I have, if I have let's say, four PSCs within my vSphere SSO domain and one uh, goes kaplooey, uh, just redeploy a brand new PSC and let it uh, receive its uh, information from its replication partners, right? Because again, keep in mind the PSC is multi-master. 
if all four of those PSCs were to, you know, bite the dust per se, then at that point you want to restore from backup uh, the first one. You'll start deploying uh, new ones after that and let them receive uh, the information from uh, their replication partners as well. Okay. Um, and then uh, a kind of a follow-up on the VDP question uh, earlier. Uh, VDP does dedupe uh, and just wonder, and, you know, do we do any kind of dedupe or compression or anything uh, with this native backup solution? Yeah, I mean, we, we do do uh, compression um, across. So, the you know, we, we, we do uh, make sure that that's, that's in place. Um, as far as dedupe, I think there, that's being looked into. Okay. Uh, Keep in mind, this is a, still a 1.0 product. How about um, backing up a vCenter snapshot? Is that a valid backup? Uh, no. So we we only for vCenter we only support uh, image level uh, backups across the board, and then for this, uh, all this can do is just back up the vCenter uh, the files that make up uh, vCenter. Okay. Cool. Um, Dan. Dan. Also, last question that's in the queue right now. Uh, and then you can move on. Uh, Dan asks about uh, the PSC backup, if it includes the VMCA uh, configuration. Yeah, so um, for the PSC, yeah, I mean, we, we back up all the files that make up the, the PSC. So uh, when you do a restore, everything should will be there. Cool. Keep moving on. Yeah, I will. I will say, um, just FYI, there is no native scheduler for for this release. Um, one is in the works, um, so we, we we do plan to have a native scheduler. But as far as today, there is no native scheduling. Um, but since we do have uh, REST APIs, you can uh, write a uh, a script, whether it's uh, using a Power CLI or uh, running a cron job, but you can automate uh, the scheduling of, of this backup. Um, just some resources I kind of just want to point out before we go into uh, the demo. Uh, we do have a VCSA poster out there uh, in PDF, and uh, it can be printed in poster size. So make sure you check that out. We are in... Uh, in the process of updating it to, to 6.5, so stay tuned. Same goes for the Platform Services Controller Decision Tree. Uh, that is also getting an, an update to uh, 6.5, but this is a good way to kind of make your, uh, your design decisions. Some other resources, uh, of course, the vSphere blog. Uh, I blog on my own blog, so uh, check that out. Uh, a lot of information uh, we put into a uh, FAQ, so please uh, check that out. Answers a lot of the the questions we have for migration. Uh, we also have uh, William put together a um, kind of a one-page uh, get where you can go in and you have a bunch of information uh, regarding blog posts, FAQ, 
uh, KB articles, videos, things like that. So uh, it's kind of a one-stop shop for all things migration. So make sure to, to check that out as well. Uh, we're just going through and releasing our product walkthroughs. So uh, please go and uh, take a look at those, provide us feedback. But we already have features out there, including the backup restore, uh, VCHA, uh, deployment, uh, migration, things like that. Uh, also, uh, you know, feel free to reach out on social media. Uh, we definitely follow the hashtag migrate to VCSA, or you can reach out to me directly at uh, Ahmad underscore Eunice. Um, and uh, of course, uh, our lovely uh, penguin friend. Uh, if you uh, are one of those folks that want uh, to use the image for stickers or a uh, or some sort of apparel. I have a blog post out there on how to uh, retrieve him and uh, use him as well. So with that, I'm going to jump into a demo for migration. Unfortunately, it's not a, a live demo because my lab decided not to play nice. So let's do this. Can you see it? Uh, could could see it, and now it's gone. What happened? How about now? Yep, looks good. All right. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to run the Migration Assistant on the Windows vCenter server. Uh, this, this actually deployment is an embedded deployment. So one thing you'll notice here is after I go through and run the Migration Assistant, it does some pre-checks. And it's going to go out and show me uh, first of all, it's going to give me any kind of warnings of anything um, within my environment. So in this case, it's telling, it's talking to me about um, about VUM and and some files that may not be copied over. Uh, if you have SRM or things like that installed, it's going to come up and let you know, hey, if you have anything installed locally, it's going to say, hey, I noticed this is installed locally, but it will also give you any warnings uh, to protect you from doing something uh, and, and causing issues later on. Uh, it will also kind of give you a, a sense of what your source migration is and what you're going to. So in this case, it looks and says, hey, I see that you are running a Windows vCenter server 6.0. It's embedded and the size is tiny. And I'm going to go through and basically have the same thing across. I'm going to go to an embedded 6.5 same size. Um, you can migrate to the same size or you can actually increase your size um, if you choose to. It's also going to go through and give me the migration steps. Uh, so if you notice there, uh, one through four, it's going to go through and, and provide those as well. Uh, once uh, this thing is ready, and as waiting for migration to start, uh, do not close it. I know it. I mean, it it's a looks like a command prompt, 
you may have that itch to minimize it, but you may accidentally close it. If you close it at any point during the migration, you will have to start over. So um, make sure that you uh, you don't touch it whatsoever until the you know once the migration is complete. And even then, you don't need to do anything because we are shutting down the the Windows vCenter server. The, the migration assistant not only does the pre-checks, but it is the conduit that copies the data from the Windows vCenter server to the appliance. So now that this uh, is ready for migration, I'm going to go over to a jump box that I have that has network connectivity to my environment. And I'm going to go through, click migrate, and go through the wizard. Here I'm going to go through and give it the source Windows vCenter server. So the server that I'm going to, the Windows vCenter server that I will be migrating, I need to provide its name uh, here, FQDN or IP address. Uh, along with the SSO password. In the case of 6.0, one thing I want to point out is um, we had the option in 6.0 to use a different domain name other than vSphere.local. So if you did, uh, this is pre-filled with administrator vSphere.local, so you will have to make sure to remember to change that uh, to whatever domain you used. If you didn't change it, then uh, don't worry about it. In the case of migration from 5.5, uh, there's nothing to change. Uh, it also does warn you and says, hey, do not run this on the vCenter that you're migrating because we are shutting down. Here I have the option of deploying either to a ESXi host or a vCenter server. Uh, in the case of having a management cluster and having that manage that uh, management vCenter server, I can deploy to it. If this is a standalone, uh, then highly recommend uh, deploying directly to a uh, a host. I'm going to enter in my credentials uh, to my uh, to my vCSA because I actually have a management cluster there. And I get to select where I want to put this uh, new appliance. I was lazy and didn't create any folders. So it's my lab. No one cares, right? Uh, select where I'm going to be deploying it to. And then I'm going to uh, now talk about uh, the target uh, appliance name. So this is going to be the new appliance. Uh, again, here you, you'll give it a new name. If I wanted to keep the existing name, I would have had to go out and rename uh, my existing Windows vCenter server first, uh, as far as the display name only. The operating system name is kept regardless. So even if your, your display name could be one thing, your OS name could be something else, but you'll ping by whatever your FQDN is. So keep that in mind. Uh, there's some customers that have uh, different naming schemes between Windows and the appliance, so that may uh, affect you. And again, here I can um, select to increase my 
deployment size. I was tiny, so I can go all the way up to uh, extra large, which is new in 6.5. And I can also increase um, the sizes allocated to stats, events, um, alerts, uh, and tasks if I wanted to, um, to do so right then and there. I can also do those later. Then I will select a data store to deploy to. And once I've done that, the next thing is I need to give this a temporary IP address because just like a manual process where I need to deploy these side by side, um, the only way we can do that is we have to uh, provide it a temporary IP address that will later be overwritten with the, the existing IP address once we shut down the Windows vCenter server. So again, just keep this um, temporary IP address uh, handy, especially if you're doing multiple migrations, you can use the same one, I guess, if it's within the same VLAN, uh, subnet, things like that. Uh, once this is done, I'm going to go through and review, make sure that um, all the information I, I put in there is correct. Uh, and uh, then I'm going to hit finish and start the, the migration process. I'm going to kind of fast forward a little bit. So here we're going to start uh, the migration process. It's going to go out. It's going to deploy uh, the OVF first and get that uh, ready. Because again, in, um, in 6.5, we have a two-stage deployment model where stage one deploys OVF, stage two does the configuration. So we've successfully deployed a vCenter server with embedded platform services controller. Now we're going to go through and make sure that we get it configured. Hey, Ahmad, can sure. you can you comment uh, real quickly? Um, there was a question that came in about changing the FQDN. Can you briefly kind of talk about um, the FQDN of vCenter and how it plays in with uh, the PNID? Yeah, so. Uh, PNID is, is just a term that we use internally, but uh, it's it's the FQDN, right? Um, if you deploy a, a vCenter server, whether it's appliance or, or Windows, um, with a FQDN, it's tied to that vCenter. Now, you can change the IP address of that uh, vCenter server uh, if you deploy it in that manner, but if you deploy it with an IP address for the FQDN. That IP address is not only the FQDN, but also the IP address of vCenter server. So you cannot even change the IP address um, because it will, cause, it will cause a lot of havoc and you will have a miserable time. Um, even if you deploy with an FQDN, all you can do is change the IP address. Um, you cannot change the, the FQDN of uh, of vCenter, it's, it's currently not a supported thing we have right now. Uh, maybe sometime in the future we may have something for that. But as of right now, um, the only thing you can do is change the IP address if you've deployed an FQDN. Does that uh, answer the question? Yeah, I think so. Any more questions? Uh, I think this is a follow-up. Uh, so build a new VC and drag and drop between them. Uh, are, Graham, are you are you talking about kind of that Twitter conversation we were having earlier? 
I see to change the FTD. So um, basically what he's asking is if he needs to change the FQDN of vCenter, can he just deploy a new vCenter and then cross vCenter vMotion the workloads to that other vCenter? Uh, I mean, I guess if it's within the same SSO domain and, and all that, I'm sure it's maybe possible, but that's, there may be a, I mean, there's some manual migration steps in there. Um, so you definitely want to do your homework uh, prior. It's something I haven't done, so um, I'd have to test it out to, to see if, if everything would, would come over correctly. So recommend doing it in the lab first. Unless you have any input on it. I, I haven't done it, so. No, I mean, that seems like drastic measures to change an FQDN, but, I mean, if, if yeah. the policy is that the machine name needs to be you know, follow a set and sort of guidelines and you have no choice, then yeah, that would be one way to do it. Just deploy another vCenter. But the thing is, is, um, you know, it may not be, uh, you know, do you have extra host capacity because you're going to have to move migrate hosts over to that new vCenter before you can migrate workloads over. Uh, so like you were saying, Ahmad, I, I think there's some considerations and some things you got to think through. Uh, but, Te technically speaking, you could uh, you could do it that way within the same SSO domain. That's yeah. that's typically your your limiting factor. Um, so make sure you're within the same SSO domain. And that's why I said before you even start a migration. If I have customers that say this is a great tool, I want to get there, uh, but we have to keep our our naming standard. Um, so for them, they either hold off or they basically do the manual type of migration to get to the appliance. Um, but we have a lot of customers that are like, hey, it's not a showstopper, we'll get there. Um, they love the fact that uh, because we, we retain the identity of the, the vCenter server, uh, that it's one less thing that they have to worry about when it comes to other products uh, and vCenter, because again, they know that it's the same old vCenter server. Cool, one last question that uh, is, waiting in the queue from Blake. Uh, so can you, uh, he, he's asking, you know, what if, uh, the example you show in the video, um, you, that vCenter is running inside a management cluster. What yeah. if you were gonna upgrade that and migrate that vCenter that is actually running the management cluster? You know, ba basically a self-managed vCenter. Uh, so it, it depends on on the scenario. So in that scenario, what I would do for the management cluster vCenter is I would point it to the, the host, right, as the, the target. Uh, first, go through that migration process, which I actually did. And then this vCenter, I pointed it to the management vCenter. I could have easily pointed this vCenter uh, to to a host as, as well. So um, I, I would say that when in doubt, point to a host, but in a scenario um, where you have a management cluster, uh, you do the management vCenter first, point it to a host as the target, and then any other vCenters, you can either uh, point them to the management uh, vCenter server if you want, or a, uh, a host. Okay, one more, one more question, if you will. Um, sure, sure. That came in. 
So if my appliance loses power, what happens to the VM? Do they continue running somewhere? So it, it's uh, not, nothing's changed from before. If if vCenter is down, um, you've lost visibility to to your workloads. Uh, you just can't make any changes. Um, now you just have to bring up vCenter, but everything is running still on your hosts as as they would. Uh, you just lost your management plane, so now you need to 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 bring that back up. I might be reading into this a little bit, uh, so Alex, forgive me if this isn't what you meant. Um, but just to clarify, when we're talking about the vCenter server appliance, the appliance is a virtual machine. It's not a physical hardware-based appliance. Uh, so I don't know if that's what you meant when you say loses power, but I uh, just want to make that clarification. Yeah, yeah. The the appliance is is a virtual machine. Uh, we we are not in the uh, the hardware business. Any more questions? Nope. We're good for now. Okay, dokie. All right. So we are going to go through. Now we're in stage two. Uh, we're doing uh, pre-migration checks um, again, just to to validate everything is kosher, and then we're going to jump in. Fast forward this a little bit. It's going to come back and it's going to talk about, again, it's, it's kind of like the last attempt to say, hey, here's another warning. And, and keep in mind, when you have warnings, it's not going to stop you from migrating. Right. Just make sure that the warnings you're you're aware of them. In this case, it was just talking about Update Manager and some files that won't won't be copied, older files that won't be copied over. And uh, so, to me, that wasn't. Uh, I don't need those files anyway. Not a big deal. But make sure you pay attention to those warning messages because there could be something in there. Even though it's just a warning, it could be impactful. So uh, definitely pay attention to those messages. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out is, as you go through the migration, um, you have you have two boxes, right? You have the migration assistant that was kicked off on your Windows vCenter server or platform service controller, depending on your deployment model. Uh, from time to time, peek in and take a look at the migration assistant because that actually kind of does a, a quasi like running log of what's going on down at the bottom, and this will continue until uh, the migration um, data is copied over, and then it's going to shut down the, um, the source Windows vCenter server. So up to that point, you can actually see what's going on, even though within the, the UI, um, you'll see um, some things like, you know, hey, deploying, copying data, blah, 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 but here's another way to kind of see where, where you're at and, and, and what's going on. Uh, here I'm going to go ahead and provide my AD credentials. Uh, there is a KB out there that uh, provides you what uh, what rights are required. Uh, make sure you have those rights. Somebody with you know 
writes to basically change uh, objects. Um, so make sure that you, you have those uh, that, that individual credentials um, to do so. Uh, again, here we, we can select if we want to um, bring over our inventory or performance data. If not, we just leave the configuration and uh, migrate that um, over. Again, we'll just review and make sure that um, everything is in place and correct. We'll hit finish and we will actually start the configuration of the Windows vCenter. Here it's telling us that, hey, the source Windows vCenter is going to be shut down, so uh, keep that in mind. Stage two is when we start the data transfer process. We'll copy the data over. We'll set it up. We'll start the services. Oh, we're about five minutes over. I don't know if you want a time crunch, Adam. No, I'm good, man. Okay. Uh, once the migration is complete, uh, of course, for 6.5, I have to emphasize this, and uh, Adam is the champion of this. Um, you do not have a C-sharp client to, to rely on. You will uh, you'll go into the web client, or uh, you have the option of the HTML5 client. Um, with the HTML5 client, just keep in mind that uh, not all the, the features are there. It's not 100% feature parity yet, but uh, the web client in 6.5 is, um, it is 100 times better uh, than what it was. It is now the source of truth because we have live refresh, so uh, no, no issues there. Uh, you'll log in. One thing you'll notice is, uh, and I did this on purpose, is the, the vCenter name, I put uh, win in front. So as you can see there in my inventory, it Again, it brought over the personality. It brought in the FQDN of my vCenter server, but I'm I'm now uh, using an appliance instead of uh, instead of Windows. It brought over um, my entire inventory. I didn't have to do anything to uh, to bring that uh, to bring that vCenter over. There was no manual intervention. Uh, no heavy lifting. It was all done by the uh, the appliance, uh, the the migration tool. Uh, one thing I want to say before we call it uh, before we call it quits is um, I showed you the GUI uh, way of doing this, but uh, there's also a uh, automated way to do this. We do have um, templates not only for uh, deployment and upgrade, but we also have uh, migration templates as well. So you can actually go through and script uh, your migration using the, the JSONs uh, as well, um, especially if you have several vCenter servers that you want to do. I'd recommend going through this process at least once through the GUI. That way you have a good understanding of what's being asked of you uh, and understanding the process. Once that's done, you can automate this um, and not have to really be in front. Uh, if it's VMs, 
we will automate copying the migration assistant to the PSC or, or vCenter server. If you have a physical Windows box, yes, I know there's still some of you guys out there. Um, please come and, uh, and see me. We need to talk. Um, but if you do have a physical Windows vCenter server, uh, you will have to manually copy over the migration assistant uh, because we, we leverage VM tools to be able to, uh, to, to automate that. Um, and since we're not running VM tools on a physical box, you'll have to manually uh, do that. But we do support uh, not only the migration of um, you know, virtual vCenters, but we will migrate over a physical Windows vCenter uh, as well. Same rules apply. Uh, in regards to the migration process and same versioning and whatnot. It's just you'll have to manually copy over the, the migration assistant. Uh, with that, uh, that's that's all I got for tonight. Uh, we can probably talk vCenter all day. Uh, if there's questions, uh, happy to answer them. Um, yeah, actually, there is a question in the queue, Ahmad, if you... Sure. Wouldn't mind. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. if you run the migration through the GUI, uh, is there a way to save out an answer file uh, with the settings you used? Yeah, unfortunately, that that feature is not there today, um, and and that's why I, I kind of, to be honest, um, after I've gone through the migration uh, once, I I make sure I use the the JSON. So that way, I not only is it a way to templatize it for migrations, but also for deployments and upgrades. But it kind of is a way to keep track of how it was deployed, kind of a a, a log per se of, of your configuration. But as, as of right now, there's no way to, um, to export uh, the config. Cool. I think that's it. For questions, anyway, unless uh, we want to give people a couple more minutes. Sure, man. I got uh, I got nothing going on. I think I guess kind of along the same lines. So let's make a comment on the uh, the whole JSON thing. Um, I probably didn't spend enough time on it last week, but it's an important topic, and I encourage everyone to to take a look at the documentation and the the JSON templates. But um, it it's nice that uh, you know the same tool, the VCSA dash deploy command line tool, covers both uh, or all of upgrade, new deployment, and migration, uh, and then we give you separate JSON templates for um, each type of of operation. Uh, and, and what kind of deployment you're you're working with. So there's a lot of information out there, and it's a pretty useful uh, uh, pretty useful way to to run these migrations or upgrades or deployments. If you guys don't mind looking at a uh, a Mac, um, so if if you come in here and let me just uh, let me close this out a little bit. Hopefully you can see this. Let me. But if you take a look here, under templates, you'll see that we have install, migrate, and upgrade. If you expand these out, um, 
you'll see like for example install will will have something for uh, whether you're embedded and uh, you know deploying to a SXI host or VC uh, the PSC first instance uh, make sure you kind of pay attention to that right because you have PSC first instance and after anything after the first instance is considered a replication partner so you'll use the replication um, and then uh, you know VCSA on host or um, uh, VC which is the external deployment uh, those are the install, the regular deploy. Uh, now if we go into migration, you have twofold. You have uh, the Windows VC 5.5 or the Windows VC 6.0. And again, you kind of have uh, a subset of, of templates that you can use uh, to start. And then we also have the same thing for upgrade where you can use these JSON templates to uh, automate the the upgrade of your um, VCSA from uh, version 5.5 or 6.0 to 6.5. Maybe that's maybe that's something we probably should maybe do a session on is how to use the JSON files. We get uh, we get a lot of questions on those. Uh, uh, what do you guys think? Would that uh, would that be helpful if we did? Uh, a session on how to use the the JSON files, and if and if so, if it's beneficial, um, you know what what would you like to see? Um, install, migrate, upgrade, uh, quasi of each. Uh, lots of yeses. Um, so I, I'd say probably just you know soup to nuts, uh, do them all. Um, all right. Vote for a fresh install. Vote for migrate and upgrade. I think it's working right. all of them. I'll uh, well, we'll get something scheduled, and I'll uh, I'll get something on the books, and we'll we'll, we'll get you guys uh, taken care of for that. And we'll try to I'll write a few blog posts and things like that to help you along the way. Um, maybe even put the the sample ones that I used today, because to be honest, um, I you know we internally we help test with the UI. Um, but after the fact, I, I always deploy using the JSON um, because I have a template. I just go in and um, uh, change the IP name uh, from deploying to a, a VC or a host. A few things I, I modify. Otherwise, I just let that thing run, uh, go off, do whatever I need to do, come back, and I have a PSC or VC deployed. How are we looking on questions or comments? If anybody wants to, you know, get unmuted or whatever, it's uh, yeah, we can uh, we can open up the lines. Um, while I'm trying to figure out how to do that, uh, Dan just made a comment uh, about wanting to see a workflow for a deployment uh, and a restore, uh, uh, or I guess just how to restore. Um, Getting the native back. Uh, if you if you got a second and hold on, um, let me one second. I may have a video if that's if that's acceptable. I unless they want it. Think that'll be okay. Uh, so let's see. 
All right, I'm going to start unmuting people while Ahmad is looking that up, and you guys can ask questions live on the line. Anybody have any questions for for Ahmad? You should be unmuted. Oh, did I mute? I muted Ahmad apparently. Start calling you Josh now. <laughs> oh man! All right, Ahmad, you should be live. Apologies. I just at weld you. There we go. Can you hear yep. me? Yep. Okay. Man, if you didn't want to talk to me, you didn't have to meet me. <laughs> uh. uh. All right, so I did find a, a video. Uh, let me uh, let me share said video. Okay, can you see? Oh. Yeah, that looks fine. Let me get this into. Uh, Well, I can't even, why can't I, can you see the whole thing or? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So we're going to mount the ISO here. And what I'm going to do is, and this is the restore. I'm going to click restore. And again, nothing changes from a deployment perspective. Stage one, deploy OVF, stage two, uh, configuration. Now, uh, I'm just going to pause here for a second. Here, I I, so I basically provide the protocol that I used or the, the target um, uh, location as well. So, in this case, I'm going to I'm going to be using uh, FTPS, and I'm going to provide my location. I'm going to give it uh, the FTPS username and password, and uh, because I used uh, the option to encrypt, I need to provide it the password. And uh, once that's done, I go into a summary. It's going to go through. Oh, I found the backup. 
Here, here's the restore details. So it found my backup. It sees that my deployment type was a vCenter that was embedded. Uh, again, it's a small deployment. Here's the configuration. Um, and I should be now ready to restore. Uh, I'm going to now um, tell it where I want to deploy this appliance. Accept the certificate warning. Give it a name. Again, same thing here. I can either keep the same size, but I can't go smaller. I can only go same size or larger, but I cannot shrink. Select the data store. Now, one thing I, I kind of want to point out here with, with the restore is I, I'm using an FQDN, okay? With a restore, I have the option of changing the IP address of my vCenter server. Uh, just keep in mind that if you do do this, you want to update your DNS in doing so. Um, I'm, I'm using the, the same IP address, but in a restore scenario, you'll see that it keeps, it preserves the identity. Um, so system name, UUID, uh, all kept in place. So that new restored vCenter, again, as, as if it never uh, went away. Oops. Let me go back here. Okay, so review, it's gonna go through and start to initialize and deploy an appliance. Uh, look at that, ludicrous speed deployment. We're gonna jump into stage two. Uh, by the way, if you decide here, you'll notice that if I decide here to hit close, I can come back later on and through the VAMI, I can continue uh, the configuration. So stage two. Uh, so for example, like right now, I'm, I'm still in the office. I could deploy this um, OVA, get to stage one, hit close. When I get home, I can go to the VAMI uh, via FQDN or IP address uh, using uh, port 5480 and start uh, the configuration process. So it, it doesn't have to be done uh, right then and there, but um, it's probably better to get it over with. But if, if you don't have the time or the luxury, like I said, you can you can always choose to continue it later. Was there a scripting JSON option for the restore like there is for install and migrate? Uh, currently there's no, uh, there's no restore um, JSON. Um, there's there's some things you have to do to get it to automate uh, in the process of working through that. Um, I'll, I'll be sharing that uh, once I have it all complete. But as of right now, no, there's, there's nothing uh, as far as JSONs. Um, we're gonna get to uh, stage two. I'm just kind of going through the video real quick. Um, again, it's just, Doing the config, taking a configuration file, doing the restore. 
restarting services. And now once everything is said and done, I just log back into my client. And everything is there as it was before. Does that help? Yeah, thanks. Sure. Okay, we got no other questions uh, in the queue right now, so I think uh, I think we'll wrap things. Uh, Ahmad, any uh, any parting words? Uh, migrate to the VCSA. You should. I'm not going to do the other you voice. You got to do the voice. I'm not going to do the voice. Uh, if you want to, if you want to hear the voice, you need to go listen to the virtually speaking podcast that I did with. Uh, P. Fletcher and John uh, Nicholson. Uh, it's it's pretty Nichols. funny. You'll Nichols, sorry. He can't deploy VCSA anyway, so I'll butcher his name a little bit. All right. Well, thanks everybody for uh, joining us uh, for the session. Ahmad, awesome job. Uh, and then uh, next week, I think we're scheduled for uh, HA and DRS with Matt Meyer, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, we'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.